Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, February 12th, 2020. This is episode 98098. Can you hear the bells ringing? Ding, ding, ding. We are only two away from 100. That is so crazy to say out loud, guys. But in the meantime, I'm so pumped about this interview. Now, before I sat down face-to-face -face with this guy, I was already such a huge fan. But I know after you guys hear his story, you're going to be as big of a fan as me. He goes by the name of DJ Heavy. He is one of the most talented DJs here in Chicago. And he is a force to be reckoned with. You cannot stop this train. He's one of the most hardworking, genuine, and down to earth guys that I've met as well. And we really connected on so many different things. We talked about all the changes that he's seen in the nightlife industry actually things that have also stayed the same which is really interesting as well his involvement with incredible companies like the music trust and the dj firm which i've talked about many times as well and a lot of obstacles he's overcome since he started he really came from nothing and built a name up all on his own it's so cool to talk to people that have had so many things they've had to get through and he's got so much great advice for any djs that are trying to make a name for themselves whether you be in chicago or anywhere else in the world school is in session everybody take out a pen and paper because heavy's got some incredible knowledge to drop on you guys Guys. Heavy, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was really, really great to talk to you. And he flipped the script on me a few times, actually, guys, and started asking me questions. So thanks for doing that, man. That was really, really fun. But without further ado, guys, let's get into it right now. This is episode 98 with Heavy. Right. Woo! Walking this bitch heavy. Cheers, yeah, man. Cheers, man. Hell yeah, yeah, man. We're in here, bro. <laughs> Heavy. Bourbon so, on a Wednesday, bro. I'm fucking so happy you're here, man. <laughs> I'm happy to be here, bro. I have so much respect for you for so many different reasons. One, you're like fucking icon, right? Because oh, you're just man, like you're just like it. this image. Whenever you're DJing, you're just like I know. Like when we were talking about before we even got on air, you don't need to be like the center of attention, like in the middle of the DJ booth. But you're a presence. Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> and I love that, right? Like you're not just like some guy behind the decks. Like, yeah. You really do have this brand that, like, your name, who you are, your music, your style, your energy. Yeah, it's a personality thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, and we can we can talk about that, man. It's a personality Dude, that. Uh, like I feel it. So, like sitting down here with you, I feel something different. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's a personality, bro. Like you have to convey it in life, and like people just gravitate towards that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, even when you're DJing, um. You know your music, your sound, everything you, the songs that you pick, the remixes that you have. Right. These are all things that make a personality. That yeah. Makes you, makes you you. Right. So I try to stay within like a certain brand, a certain type of house music genre, and everything that mm -hmm. just makes me me, bro. So you know, that's it, bro. <laughs> you, you, dude, you gotta have energy, right? Yeah, energy is everything. Energy is everything. Energy is everything, bro. If you don't have energy, like you know, you might as well just be an iPod. Yeah. How do you show energy through your music? Because you get on the mic, right? Like, which is, uh, which is awesome. Bit. So I, I get on the mic a little bit. Um, not so much in certain spots because... Um, so I've been DJing in the city since 2012. Okay. And getting on the microphone, a lot of spots were, like, forbidden. They, they didn't <laughs> want it. They we, would tell you that. 
They didn't want it, especially being like a black guy, because it sounded too much like the hip hop clubs. Oh shit! And back in 2012, 2013, it was like EDM driven, like right. Calvin Harris, Tsunami, like yeah, 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 like all that shit was like cracking, and they didn't want no hip hop in the club. So you get on the microphone doing like a birthday shout out or whatever, <laughs> it was just like it was unheard of. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't do it unless you were like a celebrity DJ. Right. So I had to figure out a way to make my sets dope mm -hmm. without the microphone. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. And I kind of figured it out a little bit, you know? Just, like, the way you play songs, um, every song has its own energy, right? So if you can play a song the same BPM, it might have different energies, right? Right, sure. Like, like Birthday Song, 2 Chain has a lot of energy. That's 70 BPMs, yeah. right? But then, like, you have, I don't know, Bands that Make Her Dance, which is, like, maybe, like, 68, 69, with the same, around the same BPM. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot slower. It's a lot True. different. It's a different type of energy. True. Even, like, you take fucking uh, Niggas in Paris, that's yeah. 70 BPMs. Yeah. That's a much you know, much crazier energy so than true. all those songs. So mm -hmm. when you start figuring out songs and the different energies that they have, you start stringing them together. Yeah. It's just like, yo, it's just through the roof, bro. It's crazy, man. And, like, I think the best way that we can all agree on, right, is, like, to become a great DJ is to put yourself in situations where you do need to try new combinations, new things. I mean, yeah. you're probably going to be the first person to say you never played the same set twice, right? Yeah. I try not to. I try not to get comfortable. And um, Yeah. And when I started DJing in Chicago, it was uh, a movement out of my comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. I moved cities. I'm from Michigan originally, so I okay. moved from Michigan to Chicago. Uh, I was a hip-hop DJ. And I, wait, wait, I'm remembering a story with Apollo. So He was on your couch, right? Yeah. We'll get into that. Sorry, I didn't yeah, mean to cut yeah, you off. Yeah. I just had a quick flashback yeah, right there. Yeah, that's my guy, bro. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Apollo, bro, that's that's the little brother, man. He's the fucking man. Yeah, he, yeah, I've, I've literally... So, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, uh, don't want to, like, put all his shit out there, but he was staying on my couch for a little bit when he first came here. He told the story, man, yeah. We, we're both from the same area. In, okay. From in Michigan, Kalamazoo. Right. And obviously, I'm, like, 10 years old. I'm a little older, man. Right. So I'm 10 years older than uh, Apollo. So mm -hmm. we didn't know each other. Yeah. You know, when I was out of, coming out of Kalamazoo... He was just coming up. Okay. So by the time I got to Chicago, he was looking up to me like, oh, this guy made it out of Kalamazoo. <laughs> this is the homie. Yeah. And then we met through like a mutual friend and I picked him up. I remember the day I picked him up from the train station, bro, because <laughs> he came to Chicago to, uh, to audition. Yeah. For a DJ spot at this, like this club that's not even around anymore. I forget the name of it. He was auditioning. He was auditioning. And he came here, and he had like his little shirt buttoned up all the way to the top collar. He had he didn't have uh, the Af the the mohawk thing. He didn't look like he, he does didn't now. Look, and no tattoos. <laughs> and I just picked him up, and I'm like, look at this little kid, man. Oh, nice guy from Kalamazoo. <laughs> nice guy. And uh, I took him to uh, the DJ firm office, and then introduced him to like Sai and uh, all these guys over there. And mm -hmm. then um, and then they they liked him off rip, and they wanted to give him a chance. So then he would come to uh, Chicago every week and stay on my couch. And I was like, yo, just, you know, somebody did it for me. When I was coming here, when I was making the transition from Kalamazoo to Chicago, mm -hmm. I would stay on a friend's couch. Okay. So I just kind of passed the buck. Absolutely. And, you know, that's who what it's that? about. Who was that? Who helped you out? So it was this guy who doesn't DJ anymore. His name was DJ Bobo. Okay. Um, he DJed at Mad River. He's from Kalamazoo. 
And uh, he was the one that convinced me to move to Chicago. Yeah. Because I didn't, after I got done with college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I was going to go to Atlanta, mm-hmm. LA, New York, Chicago. You wanted to be a DJ. I though. wanted to be a DJ, bro. Okay. I, that's all I wanted to do, yeah, bro. That's Ever awesome. since, you know, I can remember, I wanted to DJ. That's amazing. So, you know. So I came here yeah. and, like, I stayed on his couch and I drove from, you know, Kalamazoo to Chicago every weekend for, like, two years, bro. You know? <laughs> until I just moved here. Just getting your, just getting your fucking hands dirty. Just getting my hands dirty, bro. Doing like DJing in the back of a kitchen <laughs> <laughs> of a hamburger spot. You oh, know what I'm saying? Shit, yeah. Just coming home smelling like burgers and grease, <laughs> but like still DJing a full night and just getting my, you know, my teeth cut in on this industry, bro. Yeah. So, Doesn't come easy, right? Not at all. It's not easy, and that's why I'm willing to sit down with you and and you can talk to other people and do like I did Sunu's. Uh, yeah. Uh, his his podcast or his, yeah. his live stream a couple times. Sat yeah. down with his wife. Yeah, upside down know. smiley shout out. Yeah, man, I love him, and um, and I'm willing to sit down and just kind of help and like show my presence and support wherever it's needed. You know, mm-hmm. in Chicago, and people are doing dope stuff, dope yeah. strategy. Like they know I support them, and I've done stuff with them before. Yeah. Dude. And I just try to put myself out there because yeah. it wasn't easy for me. And, like, I know the struggle. Yeah. You know, I know, like, the struggle's real, bro. I feel like, you know, and I don't want to speak out of line, right, because we're both from the Midwest. I grew up in Indiana. It's, it's nice. very humble people, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think there's something that I've found from now, you know, this is episode 98, right? Like, something that's Congratulations, so Congratulations, bro. Thanks, man. 98 it's, episodes. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But the, the common theme when I interview Chicago DJs, anybody from the Midwest, is somebody's helped them out. Yeah. Right. And that's that Midwest love. So many people are willing to extend the hand and and lift someone up. Right. Yeah. Because you have to see potential in someone and they have to be willing to drive every single weekend from Michigan. Right. It's not yeah. like it's not like Apollo or you were coming from like 20 minutes away. or like, no, oh, no, I don't yeah. want to stay at the burbs. Right. <laughs> right. You were fucking making the journey Dude, two and a half hours, bro. Yeah, and you like, lose well, an hour yeah, going back, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. You lose an hour of time. So like, I know, dude, it's a pain in the ass, dude. But I, I would do it again. I would do it again in a heartbeat. That's the beautiful thing, man. I don't want to do it again, but it <laughs> I would do it again. It shows a lot of value on both fronts. That one, you're willing to do that and also help out someone else. Bro, I drove to I drove to uh, <laughs> drove to Atlanta one time, <laughs> all based off a gig that this promoter told me I was going to DJ. Oh shit! And I got there, and the gig was a total flop. The promoter didn't even fucking pay me, bro, enough to cover my gas. <laughs> it was bad. So yeah, I, I definitely grinded it out, man. Mm-hmm. I've done some pretty like stuff like i'm just glad it's behind me now i'm glad i'm like yeah where i'm at now you know the, right the growth has been good man. but no one probably could convince you to not do that right you got to make those i had to, to yeah i had to, you got to you got it straight up you got to man you absolutely have to you said you wanted to be a dj since you can first remember yeah when man. was that what was it like growing up in the house did you have my dad had turn DJ tables. influence my oh da- my da- well, so my dad he didn't mr have, heavy <laughs> he didn't have turn well he had so he had a, a technique uh belt driven so i don't know if you know the difference between belt drive and direct drive so the belt driven was literally a belt around the turntable and the gears (laughs) and it would turn so the belt drive would get worn out easily so you have to switch the belt out when they had direct drive it's more of a like kind of an automatic thing okay gotcha so the the belt driven ones weren't meant for scratching so i could never touch it (laughs) i could never touch the turntables my dad would play these records every weekend 
And I'll just sit there and be like, one day I'm going to touch these turntables. Still never touch them to this day, man. <laughs> like, I thought it's don't touch dad's turntables, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I just had a, a love for music then. Back then, though, it was reggae music. And both my parents were Jamaican. Okay, cool. So I had a love for reggae music growing up. And then when I got older, I got into, like, the more hip-hop. And I think... I got into like more Biggie and stuff like right when Biggie died. I got into for hip-hop, sure. So you know? this is like early to mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So like mid nineties, like ninety six, ninety seven. Okay. And uh, and I got into hip hop real crazy, and then that's when I got into music. I started burning CDs and listening to them on the bus, oh, yeah. and like I just had this collection of music before I was even a DJ. Yeah. Because I was downloading illegal music. <laughs> You know, back then, oh. downloading, stealing the music and shit. Are we shit. talking, what was it, LimeWire? LimeWire, oh, Napster. Yeah. I was on Napster when Napster was still a thing, you know? <laughs> what a loophole. Fuck dude. And, uh, and then, and then, yeah, dude. And then, so, when I when I wanted to DJ, it was pre-Serato. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to do vinyl records. I knew that that was the way to go. All the DJs I've ever looked up to had vinyl records. And I started doing vinyl. But vinyl was harder to get back then because it was like a club mm-hmm. of like exclusive DJs that had access to all the dope vinyl. And if you weren't a part of that club, you didn't get the fucking vinyl. <laughs> so like you yeah, so you it was just, Soho House yeah, goddamn. Dude, it was crazy, dude. I mean you guys have it so good now where you guys can just literally go on and, and just download oh shit my from God. a record pool. You know but, I, you saw me I use a USB. It's a- Bro, <laughs> to be part of a record pool back then it was like you had to be somebody. Damn. Like you had to be somebody. You had to know somebody. I was getting records like secondhand. And this guy's like, oh, I had two copies. Here's a copy. I'll throw you a bone shit. type shit. Yeah. It was rough, bro. Wow. And so by the time Serato came out, dude, I got on it and just just turned up. Turned turned the game all the way up, bro. Switched up, bro. That's crazy, man. You yeah. know, even though you might be a little older than me, that's such a similar story. And you actually made me remember something about myself. Is I yeah, always I always had multiple cds on me that i would burn for myself yeah and i loved burning cds for who's now still my girlfriend today i made her fucking cds right and she'll be the first to tell you they were good fucking cds (laughs) (laughs) they were good fucking cds right yeah and i loved giving them to people and i loved having cds for you know before a lacrosse game uh, before high school party or at a high school party, like but that's that DJ mentality though. You had I didn't that realize it, but you didn't even know. No fucking clue. You didn't even know then. It was so, the yeah. love of wanting to select music. When I got to college, it was wanting to pick the songs, right? And then yeah. I started on virtual DJ, right? Just oh, wow. flipping the volumes and shit. Yeah. I was like, this is it. This is what it's all. <laughs> in the corner, you know, I'm like drunk as a freshman, I'm like this is tight. I got seven friends in my room like, yeah, what's going on, right? Like playing fucking Dead Mouse or something. Yeah, dude, yeah. It's crazy though, isn't it? Yeah, bro. I started off in college as well, man. Yeah. Um, but I started off late because I couldn't afford the shit. Like, yeah. equipment was expensive. True. And um, by the time I got to college, though, um, I was DJing for a lot of fraternities and sororities. Um, and you were on Serato then? I was on Serato then. So what year did Serato come out? So Serato came out in 2004, I believe. Either three or four. And I didn't get onto Serato for like another like two years afterwards. How revolutionary was that to the DJ It was, game? bro, it was a game changer. Yeah. It was like, I remember the day it came out because one of my friends, <laughs> he was rich enough to have this shit when it first dropped. Rich enough? How expensive was it? It was like six, seven hundred dollars. But that to a, a college kid who's not making no real money, that's a lot of money, bro. It's a car. I said, yeah, you see, $700, six, $700 is a lot of money to a kid that just it's not making shit. Jesus. You know? knows that much. Yeah, it was expensive. So I remember <laughs> when he first got it, and I was like, dude, and I remember going to his house, and like he was just 
flipping through his songs and he had the instant cue points. I was like, oh, bro, my God. this is insane. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And like, I worked so hard just to get to Serato, dude. And yeah. It was like, yeah. I you earned to, it. You earned Serato. Yeah, I do. I had to fucking grind to pay for that shit, dude. And you're still on it now today. Yeah, I still got Serato to this, to this day. It's a lot different now. Now I'm yeah. doing Club Kid and I don't have the box no more. Right, right, right. There's no extra chords, oh but yeah. Oh my God, I remember seeing those like... The big box. In, you got a whole fucking crew you come in with. Yeah, dude. But now it's like DJing is so dope because like, even guys like you coming with the USB, you guys mm -hmm. are changing the game. Yeah. You know, and like I know like a lot of these laptop DJs try to come down on the USB DJs, but you guys actually are keeping the art form true because you're still mixing by ear. True. You know? Yeah. You guys are still mixing by ear. Where a lot of these guys are like staring in their laptops. Right. And, and mixing. You know, you guys are still doing it by ear. And that's how I learned, honestly. Like, I was lucky enough that I did get a tractor. That was my first controller. Kind of mm -hmm. get my hands on there. Yeah. It's just so wild, right? To be doing it like, oh, I wish I could just grab the mixer, right? Yeah. And I thought I was doing so well, right? And then I had people help me out. I was like, no, you just need to make the transition to CDJs, right? Yeah. And my thing, too, why I didn't use a laptop, I had friends that were teaching me they're on laptops. I was like, I don't want to bring my laptop to the college party. I got to go in there with my headphones and a USB. And yeah. Fuck it. I lose the USB or it breaks or something like that. That I guess it was forty dollars. Yeah, or you replace it. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it really is crazy because <clears throat> it's just like how I know it, right? And everybody's got their toolbox, yeah. whether it be Serato, whether it be Ableton, whether it be Logic, whether it be a USB. The important thing is that you're confident in your craft. Absolutely, and that's the main thing. Right. That's why um, you say like you know I found like y'all like your energy and whatever. It's mm -hmm. confidence too, and I was always confident. Um, whether it was like scratching or dropping a track in, yeah, you have to play with confidence. You can tell when a DJ is timid, and so he's dropping. You, you can tell. You can. It's like you can, feel you can feel the energy. He's overthinking shit, and uh, the song selection is kind of wonky. The yeah. remixes are weird, <laughs> and he's playing the songs out too long. He's not confident in how he's dropping shit. You know, yeah, you can feel. It. You, I'm not gonna name DJ, but you can go to places and you can be like, yo, this DJ's not it tonight. Yep. It's just not it. Yep. You know, and we have we have our off nights. We all, sure. I have I've had my off nights. Everybody has their off nights. Yeah, of course. But confidence in like how you drop a song. I've seen guys drop the fucking theme song to Cheers. Shout out to DJ Cy Young. Cy he'll, Young drops. He wow. drops the theme song to Cheers, but the way he drops it, he'll just drop it and not give a fuck. And he's so confident in it that people will look at him and point and laugh, and then they end up singing in. By the end of the song, they're singing their arms Dude. around their buddy and. They're cheersing and it's like amazing. And I'm like, bro. I haven't heard that one before. That's and I'll, I'll literally look at Cy and be like, yo, how the fuck are you pulling this off right now? <laughs> and he's like, yo, I'm the man. This that's is what why, I do. This is what I do. But that's that confidence though. And with confidence, you can play anything you want. But if you if you if you play it and you're like, I'm unsure and you look like you're not. Uh, yep. People will see that and eat you right up. Yep, so true. It, it's know? funny you say that because Apollo told a story about when he played All I Want for Christmas is You in June. <laughs> yeah, I called him out of that shit too. I, I Instagrammed it. Did you? I was at, he was at I heard the shit went well. It went over. It went over <laughs> real well. And I was like, no way he's yeah. going to play it. Yeah. I was like, there's no but he, But he, he, well, I don't know what story he told, but he actually played the version at Concrete Cowboy that went into uh, Fisher losing it. Okay. But then, like, I, it's funny because I Instagrammed that story and I was like, there's no way he's playing this right now. <laughs> and then literally the next day I went to Tao mm. and I saw a strategy and he played the whole original song oh in the middle of God. summer. And I'm like, yo, how are you guys getting away with this shit? <laughs> That's bold face But yeah, but, but sometimes it's good to mix that shit up and throw it in there and then, like, people are just 
caught off guard. Mm-hmm. They're expecting to hear Migos or whatever hip hop right. song, and then you throw that in, and yep. it just adds a little bit of fun to it. It breaks up the, you know, okay, totally. You know, it I breaks think, it up. I think Chicago has some of the most talented open format DJs because we do take chances. Absolutely. Right. It's not the classic, like Migos. Right. It's not like top forty isn't a, like unless it's a certain certain spot. Right. Right. Like, you don't go to a big club in Chicago and expect you're going to hear the top hits. You're going to hear some throwbacks. You're going to hear some EDM. Like, right. True open format DJs. Yeah, they get with, it. With heart exists in Chicago. Absolutely. Some of the best open format DJs actually live here, bro. Like, for sure. Like, I've been around the country, and I've been to, like, some of the spots. And, yeah. Like, I get impressed with some of the guys here. And that's why, like, I... I try to go above and beyond. Uh huh. Because I'm like, dude, I gotta fucking keep up, Because <laughs> like, <laughs> you're crushing it here too, and yeah, you're even I'm saying cru- there's another bar. Well, I'm crushing it because I got to. Like, I'm right. looking at these other guys, and I'm, right. I'm older, and I'm like, yo, I'm on the way out, man. Like, these <laughs> motherfuckers are coming for me, man. Like, <laughs> these guys are good. They're good. These guys are good, man. The music scene here is fucking raw, man. It's it's, it's, it's very competitive, and I love it. It is. And that's why I moved here, because I wanted that competitive, like, I want to be put in with the metros and the strategies and yeah. and the Gordos right? and the whoever. Like, I want to be put in with those guys and throw me in there and see how I do. Well, early on, it seems like you've really had that killer mindset, right? Had to. You're a great scratcher. When did that Sorry, come into I'm the... Right. I think you're pretty... Fu- look, I'm, all, I'm okay. This guy's too humble. You're fucking good. He's not, fucking good, I'm, okay? I'm okay. He's fucking good. I'm, I'm all right. I'm not, I'm not like... Apollo's good. Apollo Apollo's is, good. Yeah. Shaw's good. Metro's phenomenal. They like make a new, they world. make a new song. I just... Look, look. I Listen. Yeah. I do what I know I can do. Okay. So I don't. I'm not here trying to reinvent the scratch or yeah, yeah, try yeah. to keep up with like what what Metro is doing. It's impossible for me at this point in time. Like it's hard to teach old dog new tricks, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like I got my one two finesse, like make it sound good and right. then drop it in. I love you it. You know, it's just it's 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 quick. It's easy. It sounds good, and it, I'm in and out. And people, it presses and, the people. And, yeah, right? and it so it shows whoever DJ is like, yeah, okay, he knows a little something, right? A little bit, you know. But I'm what? not trying to do no crazy routine up there or nothing no like that. I understand and sometimes that can be too much right? it, sometimes it is and sometimes some clubs frown upon it and um and like I said like I, I've been DJing in the clubs in Chicago I've seen the transition from like the EDM to the open format to like now this hip hop phase that we're at yeah and um and they didn't want the scratching back then bro like I remember they come up to like yo uh, that thing you're doing with the record yeah, yeah stop I think it. you're doing with the <laughs> Just record. stop. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know. Are they speaking from the people's mindset or are they speaking from their own? They're speaking from their own. A lot of the places I DJed at earlier on in my career, um, they speak from their own. Did and you ever try and take the high road like I know that people want, whether it's a track um, or scratching? I played the game. So I'm a little different. So I played the game and I, I tried to get in where I fit in. Yeah. Early. Right. So I got in and I, I played the game. I did whatever they wanted. I DJed whenever they wanted, mm-hmm. um, and I was just trying to get in with good in the industry and good with a lot of these people. Right. And then as I evolved, as we all do grow and evolve, they were still trying to treat me like, hey, we need you to do this, do this A, B, and C, and, yeah. and do this. I'm like, mm, no, nah, not so much anymore. It's not me no more. Yeah. You know, I, I moved on, and I think you should move on from you telling me like how to play a song. You're trying to build a brand. You want people to come see a heavy set, not right. a DJ set. And that's why I like to this day, uh, Sherm, I don't play at a certain places. Really? I, yeah. There's certain spots I don't like playing at because they're so involved with mm. uh, the the playlist. God, I know 
you know what I mean? Sick of like it's like they get really involved, and it's not even like, hey, switch the genre up. I can handle that. Yeah. It's like, hey, play this song and then play this song and oh. then play this song. Jesus. And it's like, these songs don't even match BPM, <laughs> and now I'm just slamming shit together. Yeah. And none of this shit makes sense. And who are the people gonna look at? The GM or they gonna look at the DJ? Nah. They're gonna look at me. Yep. And I just had to stop taking certain gigs because it was just, hey, do this, do this, now play this and play this. It was just. It was too much. It's too fucking much, man. Well, what did you do to differentiate yourself, even in, in in the line of people like that trying to get in your way? Um, it's hard, dude. Like, especially in like those type of settings where yeah. people are really heavy-handed in the playlist. Yeah. It's like you have to do your best to make it sound dope. Mm-hmm. But like, it, for me, I mean, I'm not a good example because I just stopped DJing there. I, I'm blessed enough mm-hmm. to um, have other gigs and still be kind of in demand. Yep. To not have to put up with certain bullshit. Sure. Which is that, you know? Right. But there's other guys that I know that look at me like, oh, I should quit too. I'm like, well, slow down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you, you, only, this only, you only DJ here and like maybe in another spot. Like, right. maybe get this underneath your belt. Because I had to, like I said, I had to cut my teeth and, and learn and go through all this shit myself. And then I build myself up to the point where I'm like, okay. I don't need this shit no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Fuck that. I, I quit. Like I don't need this shit no more. I'll go DJ somewhere that people appreciate me and that they trust me. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing I feel like with clubs, they need to trust the DJ. Trust that you're booking me. Trust that I'm gonna come in and kill it, and trust my playlist. Now, mm-hmm. if I go left, hey, reel me in for right. sure. Sure. You know, if I'm playing like fucking tsunami and like nobody's fucking feeling it, <laughs> like da, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. in, you know, and then nobody's feeling it, then it's like okay, well. Hey, reel me in. Hey, can you switch right. it up a little bit? Right. All right, cool. Yeah, man, I was going too hard. You know, like that's yeah. fine. We, it happens to everybody, bro. But don't but. you think sometimes in those places that do support you, they think you're <laughs> a DJ, or they were a DJ, or they are a DJ? Not at all. A lot of these no. places they're not. They're not DJ. They're just that's what that's. They're not. They're just, they're just. They're just GMs. They're just managers. They just book tables. Right. That's that's it. They just book tables. They just run the night, you know. Um, hmm. And that's important too. Like you need somebody to book the tables and to run the night for yeah, sure. They're paying you, right? They're paying me, right? But at the end of the day, like you have to trust me. And I take requests for like tables. Like okay, this table's dropping five thousand dollars. Can you play this fucking song? <laughs> yeah. Who am I to tell them go fuck off? You know. Yeah. Like that's the guess that's, that's unfortunately like I would love to be like on some cool DJ shit and be like, oh no request. Yeah. Fuck you and but God, the, the the truth of the matter is when you like play a towel yeah. and you play it underground yeah, and yeah, some yeah. of these other spots bounce and they bring out the bottle with the sparklers and shit. Yeah, the and then they're dropping and, and they're dropping like ten thousand dollars on a you know, whatever. Yeah. Like they the least the you can fucking do <laughs> is play a song for thirty seconds. <laughs> Yeah. And get in and get out. You True. Know? And that's and that's how I they look at it. They just want to hear the one part. They just right? want to hear the one part. I go in, I get in, get out, and um and sometimes the shit can be kind of out of hand. But like, I mean, it's just I don't know, dude. It's the game we play. You respect it, the business. It's the business, because they're not they're not booking. People aren't coming there to see me per se. Mm-hmm. I might get like maybe like five to ten people, but it's still like a four hundred person capacity club. Right. They're there at the club because the VIP host is selling tables and right. the management and whoever and, right. and whatever. Like, I would love to think that, you know, I have 500 people to come see me at Tao, but that's yeah. not the case. Sure. It's like, they put me on the flyer, cool, I might get like maybe 30. I think like when I headlined at Tao, I had about 80 people come out and see me, which was which was amazing. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it, was, it was good. And it was dope. But like, it wasn't 80 people in a room full of like 500. Right. It's nothing. 
Yeah, you respect the game. So I respect the game. So if I, like I said, I, if I see somebody celebrating a birthday or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I I play a song. I play fucking in the club for them. You know, yeah, I want that. you got you got to do it. You it's just it's anyway, just though. it's just the yeah, game. But that's yeah. that's part of the work. That's part right. of the business. Right. You know? Well, what keeps you coming back then after all these years of DJing? The Even love, after the all, love for it, bro. Yeah, the music. I, I, bro, I love it. As weird as it sounds, I'm Is a it pe- still the same love from the first day you wanted to do it. Do the same fucking love. I love that. And 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 the reason why I stopped playing those gigs mm-hmm. because I was falling out of love with it. That's that's some I real shit. I, I was falling out of love DJing because I was walking into these spots miserable, knowing that. Mm. I'm going to be fucking talked to about the music. They're going to give me a fucking playlist. Right. They're going to have me do this bullshit. I'm not going to be able to play what I want. I'm going to sound stupid all fucking night because I'm slamming Taylor Swift with Yo Gotti or some <laughs> crazy shit like that. And it just doesn't make any fucking sense. You don't like it. So, yeah, I hate it, dude. Like, who likes that shit? So, at the end of the day, like, I had to find, do gigs that, like, that still pay the bills. Mm-hmm. That's important. Right. But, like, they still give you some sort of creative control. Yeah. In that, in that freedom to let me do what I want. So if I want to do like a throwback Biggie set or yeah. a Kanye set, I yeah. can do a Kanye set and then everybody can still be happy. And I'm happy. Yeah. The people are happy. The club's happy. It's like, you know, you I don't know, dude. Well, it's funny. You kind of described like a cubicle office. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. You come in, here's the constructs, here's the calls you got to make, here's the deliverables you have to reach, here's what your boss is saying to you, right? Yeah. You want to go into a startup type environment or creative concepts where they want you to be who you are and they want you to be the best version of yourself, right? They manage you more than the business. Take care of your employees, they're going to take care of your fucking business. Right. That's how it is. So with you, so yeah. so question with you is yeah. how is it for you DJing in the city? You know how it is for me yeah. now, but how is it for you? I love it, man. Um, I definitely, like I said in the beginning, before we got on air. Five years, right? Yeah, uh, five years in Chicago. Okay. So I played a lot of shitty gigs in the beginning. I came from Indiana. I didn't have any connections. It's hard to have those, bro. You got to go up to people, right? You got to introduce yourself. Hard. Because there's a lot. hard, man. Right? The break in the Chicago industry is fucking hard it's very difficult it's hard <laughs> once you're in you're kind of in right yeah, once you're in you're good but it's not that easy Dude, so. i know guys that dj like in chicago that still haven't really been accepted all the way <laughs> like they're still struggling i'm like they're asking me for help i'm like dude i don't know i don't I, know what to tell I you got, i got lucky man like yeah. I, I found the right people that helped me out it's hard dude like i get i feel your pain i get it it's, it's hard. You have to do something, like I said, that's why I like asking that question, what do you do to differentiate yourself, right? So I was like, all right, I don't have to be the best DJ or even the best producer to make it in Chicago, but if I do a podcast, I know that other people aren't doing that, and I really do love that. Yeah. And I can also have these awesome, genuine relationships and connections with people yeah. and talk to them outside the confines of the club when people try and meet people. Yeah. That's not my scene, man. Like, yeah. when I was when I was single and I thought that, you know, I could go and pick up chicks and talk to them in the club, that's not me. That's not who I am, right? I right. come up and I try and be someone I'm not. Look at me, dude. I'm like a fucking half-Jewish <laughs> guy from Indiana, man, with a high squeaky voice, right? But I love who I am. But you got to own it, though. Exactly. You own it and you can brand it. Like, I'm a bigger guy, bro. Like, I'm a big black dude. I should be working fucking security. <laughs> But I'm DJing a lot of these spots mm-hmm. where predominantly white people are there and they're paying a lot of fucking, you fucking money. You own it, baby. And I own it. Yeah. And that's the thing. You see, like, Carnage. You see DJ Khaled. Yeah. Like, these guys aren't traditional fucking Pauly D-looking motherfuckers. So true. Like, they come up and they, they, they own who they are. Mm-hmm. So I own the heavy brand. I own being the bigger guy. And I own, like, this nice guy personality and coming in and, like, just finding dope shit. I dig harder than... 
most DJs, bro. Yeah. I really when I when I sit down and I start digging for music, like I fucking dig. <laughs> like I don't just go to so you know shout to DJ it? City, but I'm just going to DJ City and select the top fifty five tracks that are yeah. on the side. Yeah. Like, I fucking go in Same. like Beatport and I'm finding like some fucking random shit. Right. That I'm making bootlegs off of that shit. Or Hell like you yeah. know, it's like I, I I dig hard, dude. Um, I, I listen to a lot of these big name DJ sets like Diplo and whatnot, and mm-hmm. I'll see what they're playing. Right. And I'll, I'll I'll try to incorporate some of the shit that they're playing into my sets. Like I just, do I just do the work. That's I love it. that. You're and a hard worker. I do the work, and then I make my own shit too. So like, it's important. I don't know if you make your own edits, but it's important to make your own edits as well. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Even even it's a simple acapella in, yeah. acapella out, or just whatever. Like I just do my own edits. Um, and not, not all my own edits, but I make a lot of edits. Or even if they're unknown edits. Yeah, yeah. And I just do a lot of edits, dude. And like that just puts me apart because now I'm playing something that mm. you're not playing. I love that. I got, you know? I got a secret folder that I won't even give my closest DJ. See, friends. there you go. I wouldn't and hold on to that. And shit. I would give you a lot. <laughs> I got my computer right there. Bro. Uh, all right, all right. We'll talk after. <laughs> but yeah, you got to hold on to that shit, though, though, man. Like, because like, that's what puts you. Like, in a different level, in a different... So, like, I play, like, uh, I don't know, Travis Porter, A-Ladies, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, acapella in, but then I have, like, this acapella out that goes into, like, a looped-out acapella that I can scratch in something else or oh, I can do something. Sick. It's just it's just something different. It's not, it's not a lot, mm-hmm. but it's a, little, it's a little shit that you do in your right. set right. that adds a little bit of flair and a little bit of, like, spice Absolutely. to it that people notice. Mm-hmm. And now you're playing a song that they've heard maybe a thousand separate times, but now it sounds different. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? I love that. Well and said. That, and that's how you keep shit fresh. That's so true. That's how you keep shit fresh, bro. You got to be original, and I'm always trying to do that, right? <clears throat> With what you just said. If it's an edit that's unknown, if it's my own taste, like, I grew up listening, like, the rapper I loved the most was Wiz Khalifa, right? Like, yeah, I'm, ta- I'm talking, like, fucking I first mixtape, dro- grow season, right? Ooh. Like, I'll drop some old school shit. I always drop, if I can, The Thrill. That's, like, my high school friends track when we would party, like, into college and now. And it's, like, if I can connect with one person in the crowd, that's how I read the crowd. And that's my favorite part about it, Chicago is, like... Yeah. You can play to the masses, right? And you can be a general DJ. That's when I got started to get sick of it, right? Because I thought I had to be what I thought a general DJ would be right. at these bigger clubs and stuff. But I was like, no, nah, like, I need to be who I want them to see me as, right? So I would play my own type of shit like you were talking about. Yeah. Secret edits. Yeah. I'd always cater, but I read a group, right? And I see, are they digging this, right? Because it's those people who are on the dance floor That's or key. at the tables That's key. who are going to spread that energy. I can only do so much with my music and the mic, right? That just gets them going. That lights the fucking fuse. But what's at the end of that fuse? How big is that fucking dynamite? Yeah. Is it everybody in the club or is it one little guy in the corner that loves the thrill? I'm happy to blow him <laughs> up, but, you know. But, but, but see, like, what's dope about what you're saying, though, is if you play the thrill, yeah. you know, you don't know who's in the audience that loves Wiz Khalifa. Exactly. You know, that's what I do. It. That's and that's why, like, when you switch it up, it's okay. You can play act up. They heard it for like the fifth time that night or whatever. <laughs> or but you play something different. Yeah, like yeah. That, you catch people's attention. Right. Yo, this motherfucker's a real Wiz Khalifa fan. Right. Like, wow. Right. Yeah. Oh. Well, we play like uh, what is this? Uh, and, and say yeah. And say yeah. You remember oh, that shit? Oh yeah. One night in town. Yo, that dude, was the that shit. That track's hot. That was the shit. What did he sample? Alice DJ. That was the shit, bro. Like you that was a great fucking that's track. That's gotta come back. But if you play, but yeah. you play that though. Yeah. The real people who fuck with Wiz Khalifa are gonna look at you and be like, "Wow, look at this guy! Like he he knows his shit." Right, and that's not top forty. That's not like right. A but, but, track. but but you hit a certain genre. Like I remember one time, 
I was somebody was DJing, and they played like Wu Tang, <laughs> and it was like Wu Tang Triumph. <laughs> And it and like, deep like, cut almost, bro. And I don't know if you know, but like Wu Tang Triumph, there's like no real chorus. It's just like the whole Wu Tang just spitting. It's almost bark. like a cipher. It's like a cipher. Yeah. <laughs> and I was fucking blown away by the amount of people that knew all the words. Oh shit! Like at that point, every closeted Wu Tang fan <laughs> came out the woodworks and was singing. And then at that moment, I knew I can't just take shit off the table because nah. I think they might not know it. Right. Like, people know shit, bro. Like, just people that listen to music outside of the top 40 shit. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, Gosh. dude. It, it, I encourage you to play those uh, those those random tracks, Little Uzi or whoever it is. Just the B-side tracks. That goes know? for every DJ out there. Every DJ. Even House. Don't oh. just don't just play just the regular top, you know, whatever. Like I said, I dig deep. Yeah, I find I find like what I like to like. There's a certain type of house music that I really fuck with and I love, mm-hmm. and and I stick to that. And I'll try to find like remixes in that same cadence or right. or that same genre. You know, that's the interesting thing today as well. Maybe <laughs> even house music more specifically, right? Like, there's no barrier to entry. You were talking about how expensive it was to buy Serato. <laughs> it was expensive. fucking seventeen year old homies out in Algonquin, Illinois, can get a two deck mixer from their mom for two hundred dollars for Christmas. Illegally download Logic and Serato, yeah. and by the time they're twenty years old, they're incredible producers, right? Yeah. So you go digging deep for these types of people's music that's yeah. really high quality but unique. I got so much stuff that's filled up with. You ever go into blogs and look up music? Love that. Yeah, love that. that. Yeah. That's digging, bro. That's digging. Like you got it. You got you go into blogs. You you try to see what's hot. You you download these edit packs and you go through every fucking edit and you listen to them. You like I some number shit, but you find that one fucking gold nugget. It was nugget, all worth it, and it was worth it. Yeah, and then you play it, and then you get other DJs going, "What, what? the <laughs> fuck is that?" And you like, and you you just feel like yes. Got you, motherfucker. You know, and there's no it's better a, feeling. Yeah, it's a great feeling. You save that track, right? And you like kind of like see a track when you listen to it. You're like, I know exactly when this is gonna work. Maybe my next set or the set after that isn't the right time. Yeah, but I'm loaded up on that playlist, and I'm gonna know the right time. Like yesterday, I played a, <laughs> I played a Yummy remix, <laughs> but it was like Justin Bieber's Yummy instrumental, and it was Rihanna's This Is What You Came For acapella. Oh shit! Yeah. And I dropped it, and I saw Mr. Shaw, oh. shout out to Shaw, yeah. come running from across the fucking room <laughs> saying, what the fuck is this? Oh. And, like, you got to live for those type of moments, bro. Yeah. Like, you know? It's like, it's, it's little shit like that. And then from there, I went into, like, a remix of Yummy or some shit like that. It was another remix or some shit like right. that. Right. But, like, the moment is, like, the point is, like, I, I try to make those moments and try to be spontaneous and, like, just different. Sure. And, you know, and that's, that's you know that's one of those things that set me apart, dude. That's what the whole caution is heavy comes from because somebody was like, "Yo, your mixes and your edits are so dope. They need to come off a caution label, bro." And I was like, "Yo," and he's like, "Yo, caution is heavy," and I was like, "That's a fucking great idea." <laughs> and Yo, I just who was that? Because shout out to them. <laughs> I didn't realize that was kind of the background. Makes yeah, sense now. Yeah, because I always try to dig deep and play just random different shit, bro. I'll give you some, I'll give you my edits before I leave here, bro. Bro, How about I that? mean you're you're crushing downtown Chicago. I'll give, I'll give you my edits. Man. I know. You, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're humble, and I love that. But you're an expert when it comes to building the energy, right? And it's, it's you have to be, and it like because I've been put in like like I was put in like um certain clubs where it was like energy, energy. We need more energy. We need more energy, mm-hmm. and I had to figure it out. Yeah. How to do that on the spot? You know, on the spot because it'll be like. 
the bottles are going out. Okay, can you drop? I don't know, fucking uh, ACDC. Okay, now, now, yeah, now the crowd's like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Bottle presentation goes out. Now pick it back up. Right now, energy, 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 and you had to figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, that's the one thing I will say about DJing, like like these champagne lounges or bottle clubs, service mm-hmm. cl- driven clubs. Yeah. It's like you learn how to build energy. Um, real quick because people are just chilling in these spots and right. you have to turn it into like a fucking frenzy true and it's not easy it's not fucking no, easy bro it's not even last night i was djing at social and they're like yo can you do us a favor like you know the other dj wasn't hitting the mark can you kind of pick the energy up sure like we know you know how to do that just like i'm like what do you want to hear your typical energy set, bro. And I'm just like, I get that all the time. Yo, energy. And I'm just like, Yeah, just do a good job. Dude, I want to change my name to DJ Energy, bro. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's like one of those things, bro. I hear it yeah. so much. Yo, can you pick that? Yo, your energy, energy. Like, right. I had a friend tell me, like, yo, going to one of your fucking, like, nights, like, you DJ is really fucking exhausting. And I'm like, I don't know if there's a compliment. DJ or, exhausting. <laughs> bro, I don't know if there's a compliment or, like, a backhanded compliment. He's like, yo, this is... It's a lot of energy, dude. Like, I get tired. And I'm like, what? Shit. So that's my biggest thing, man. Like, right now, if you ask me, like, what's my biggest weakness in DJing? Yeah. It's like, I, it's, it's too much energy. Okay. If that makes sense. Like, I have to know how to slow it down. Like, I've seen DJs, like, play yummy in the middle of a set, and it'll just work because mm. people are tired. Get right. people a chance to go to the bar. Get people a chance to kind of grind it out with a girl. Like, yeah. I'll see, like, a dude dance with a girl. I'm like, nah, fuck that. And like... <laughs> tsunami. <laughs> tsunami, you know? Fucking rage. Yeah. See... And, like, my thing is, I want to see hands in the air at all times. And, like, that's not feasible for four hours, you right, know? Right, right, right. It's like, you got to you gotta have those, you know, valleys and peaks, peaks and highs yeah. and lows. And then, in my heart, my thing is, I don't take it low enough. Sometimes you got to bring it down to build back up. Yeah. And that's, like, my biggest issue, man. Well, I but, love that you're still trying to... I mean, you're always trying to improve, Always, right? always, dude. You've I don't identified have, a weakness, though. Yeah, but I don't, I don't have it figured out, dude. And no. you'd be, you be shocked how many these DJs say they have it figured out, and they don't know, dude. Like, they don't know. Right. You know, they're still trying to figure it out themselves. Like, at least, at least, I'm just happy that I found my sound and my brand. Yeah. And that's, that's all I can ask for. And I just got to stay relevant, man. That's true, <laughs> that's man. That's it. But you know what? You work with some of the best companies in Chicago. I want to know more about your relationship with DJ firms specifically and also yeah. Music Trust as well. You mentioned Cy Young. So, yeah. So, when I was in Chicago and I told you how hard it was mm-hmm. breaking into this market, yeah. I moved here and it was like nobody was giving me a shot. Like, I would run into these DJs. I would go to, like, promoters and people and, like, just talk to them. You're cold calling And, and just, just cold calling people and just asking for <laughs> yeah. a, a shot. I'm like, yo, I promise if you listen to me play, yeah. I'll turn this shit out. And, yeah, like, yeah. it was just, it just wasn't happening. And it was to the point, like, me and my wife, we had moved to the Gold Coast um, off rip when we first moved here and the rent was like extremely <laughs> high and like it's just, like you go from paying like you know a couple hundred dollars in, in, in Kalamazoo to like paying like two three grand <laughs> a month Coast, yeah. yeah of Gold Coast fucking go for it baby you know? and so like we were just struggling I'm like talking about we're eating fucking noodles every fucking night for like just struggling dude what's your wife's name? Uh, Nevada. Nevada. Shout like out to day. Nevada for fucking yeah. topping it through. Yeah, man. And uh, we 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 ate noodles and it was just rough. We were broke, broke, <laughs> broke, bro. We were just getting just enough. I was living off of her checks because like I was only making like maybe four hundred dollars a week. Right. That was it. Now you can't survive off of Chicago and that. Hell no. Chicago will swallow you up and That's spit one you night out sometimes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um so I was about to quit DJing. I was about to quit DJing. I was about to give up. And I I heard of Cy Young. 
And I said, all right, let me just give this guy a call because I've heard stories about Cy Young. Yeah. And I said, let me just call this guy. And I contacted a friend, the same guy who put me in touch with Apollo. Okay. He also knew Cy Young. He called Cy Young up and he was like, yo, I got this DJ. He just moved from Michigan. Like, he needs a helping hand. Mm-hmm. And Cy at the time was rebranding and like establishing a DJ firm. Okay. He had just, like, I want to say, like, he literally just got the uh, the LLC. And uh, and he brought me on. And he heard me talk. And, like, we talked, you know, just like how we're talking. We talked. Yeah. I introduced myself. And um, it was funny because Psy <clears throat> has, like, the most extreme ADD in the world. Really? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so as I'm talking to him, I can see him, like, on his phone doing something else. And I'm talking, and he's not paying a lick of fucking attention anymore. Right. And I'm like, fuck, man. I'm Terrible lo- feeling. I'm losing this guy. Like, <laughs> if I don't make a connection now, this is going to be it. Right. And I see he has a Jamaican flag in the background. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit. Are you Jamaican by chance? He goes, yeah. And he just put his phone and goes, yeah. Why? <laughs> and I'm like, well, my both my parents are Jamaican. He goes, what? And after that, he was like, yo, I'm going to help you out, bro. Oh. I'm going to help you out. And it was like, yo, it, it, it just happened. And then after that, like, Cy kind of put me on bitch duty. Like, it was like, <laughs> he would call me up. Yo, I need you to DJ this gig. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to run here and do this. Yeah. But, like, when you're hungry, you love it. You, you got to do it. Yeah. So, like, he'd like be like. an intern. Yeah, it was yeah. an intern. Like, he put, me, he put me through the ropes, bro. Like, I've done, like, <laughs> like, yo, go DJ this spot. What do I need to know? Just fucking DJ, bro. Just yeah. go do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I'm walking in, and it's like a school gig. I'm like, I didn't prep for this at all. Like, you know, it's like he just throw me in the most random shit. Yeah. But I did that for so long. And um, and he was like, you know, he told me he had the DJ firm. He was building it. And it was just me and Cy. And we literally built the DJ firm to like what it is now. And we brought on DJ Gem on board. Yeah. And then when we bought when we brought Gem on board, um, it was like one of those things where Gem came in and he added structure. Like the DJ firm was still just something loosely that we just kind of had. Right. It was just kind of like, yo, we just had the DJ firm. It was just some Whatever. Right. We weren't really booking. You are still booking Cy Young. You weren't booking the DJ firm. He was just booking DJ Heavy. You weren't booking the DJ firm. Yeah, yeah. But when Jem came aboard, he came on and he actually took part ownership of the company. And he um, structured it. Okay, we have this. We're going to do this. And mm-hmm. here's how we're going to do this. And here's how we're going to market. Need and it. And we're, we're going we're to attack it like this. Right. So at that point in time, I then became um, kind of helping them out. To just kind of being like a, a worker, so now I'm just contracted through the DJ firm. Okay, that's my relationship with them. So like, even though like I I like I claim DJ firm and I help build that company, mm-hmm. I'm a contracted worker. Sure. Just like with Music Trust. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, and yeah, I'm glad that I'm really excited and I'm happy that the DJ firm is what it is. You know, it's huge, man. It's, it's huge, and and like um, with it being what it is. I also knew that I had to kind of stand out. So, like, I still do a lot of stuff with the DJ firm. I still work with them. Those are my guys, and those yeah. will forever be my guys. Yeah. Um, but, like, I focused a lot on, like, my my own branding. Yeah. You know, I had my own LLC. So, I have my branding myself and trying to build something similar. Because I don't want to DJ in the club for, like, another 10, 20 years, you know? No. I don't want to be there doing that. So, I have to, I'm trying to figure out an exit plan. Like, a lot of DJs are my age. Are trying to figure out an exit strategy plan, you but know? still be involved, but still be involved, right? Like Clayton's a good example. Oh yeah, Clayton doesn't really DJ at a lot of these rap races like we have to. Like we got to right. fight for. Like he's not DJing at Joy and all these other. No. Clients. You see Clayton come out and DJ, 
it's a big fucking deal. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. oh shit, Clayton's DJing in yeah. the city. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get to that level. Yeah. You know? Right. So when I come out, it's like, oh shit. <laughs> Heavy stepping because Clay doesn't have to. He has the, he has the music trust and he has everything going for him. Yeah, and a, a bunch of other stuff. He's getting money other ways. But when he DJs, it's like, yo, he's at Fremont tonight. We gotta go. Right. Like shit. Like he's we gotta see we gotta see this guy. You know, we don't see him often. Dude, how, when's the last time you saw Clinton DJ? I went back to back from the roof on the wood, actually. How long ago was that? Uh, it was two weeks ago. Oh, okay. It was so much fun. Yeah. And I I was so happy because. He doesn't play a lot of house music, right? And he knows that I love to DJ house when I can. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I'm going to come a little early. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go back to back. Yeah, there you he go. He was at Sherman Chappelle. Sherman Chappelle. <laughs> yeah. It was, hey, man. But he's bad. a great DJ. It was so funny you were talking about Serato, right? Because he's a Serato DJ. And seeing how he would DJ with like even just something like the BPM, right? So he mixes it in and, and still matches it, even if the BPM's a little off, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I gotta be twenty two, you know, one twenty point two four or whatever it is. I gotta yeah. be right on there. It was just so cool to go back to back with someone like of his caliber, right? His yeah. Style. But you're so right. Yeah. I, I mean, dude. Um. So like, so going for going past the DJ firm and then move my relationship with Music Trust. Yeah. I remember like. Um, I was trying to get in with the music trust for a long time, dude. Me too. I I emailed I emailed Clayton. He made me wait for so long. I emailed Clayton, like 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 for like a year straight, not a year straight. I emailed I emailed him for a few months, and uh, I was like, "Yo, I want to get in." And and uh, Jem was like, "Yo, just send him dates." Yeah. To send him dates, send him yep. availability. Mm-hmm. So Clayton would always look at it and just be like, eh, <laughs> "We don't have anything for you this month." Right. Cool. I'll email you next month. Right. Uh, nothing this month. Right. So at, at one point, I just stopped emailing him because I'm like, yo, this is not going anywhere. Like, right. there's no point in me sending this guy dates. And um, one fucking day, bro, he hit me up and he's like, yo, can you DJ Rupert the Wit? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> what, what, yeah. What, what do you need? Yo, it's a very chill spot, all house music. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I actually fucking love house music, dude. Yeah. Like, I can do a chill house music set. With my eyes closed. Was it the nine to eleven thirty spot? Uh, it was Some... a happy hour spot. I was just doing oh, happy hour. It's a, dude, it's a great spot. And so I would do the happy hour slots, and it was like a five hour slot. Yeah. And I would go in, and he was just like, and he wouldn't hear any complaints. And so one day they asked me, um, they asked Clayton for somebody to do the Kentucky Derby, which was like oh. house music, but they needed somebody to get on the microphone and talk and right. read the whole script oh shit and all these djs were backing out because they didn't want to fucking read the script yeah they didn't you know and i was like i'll fucking read a script you know <laughs> read the script cool yeah so i went in i dressed up i put on this i still got the picture i got this like fucking jacket i dressed up tie shirt and everything. oh shit it's the kentucky derby because i knew everybody else was gonna be dressed up oh hell yeah i showed up dj read the script and after that i started getting closing gigs there we go and it was just like yo they loved you bro Come on in. That's amazing. Man. And I started getting closing gigs, and then slowly but surely they started putting me on Fremont, and then uh, Benchmark, well, not Benchmark, Eighty Proof, and a few other spots. And yeah. They started putting me on. Well, that's and, how it um, goes, right? Yeah, yeah that's your yeah. stripes. Yeah, but it's just, it's just that grind though, which I can yeah. appreciate. Um, you saying you're grinding, like you're you're in it now, bro. And yeah. It, it gets better. I believe me. Believe me, it gets better, bro. Like yeah. Stay true and just and just grind it out, dude. Like, you know, it pays off. I for agree. sure. I, dude, for and, fucking and, sure. And I meant that so genuinely before we got on there. Like, I, that's one thing, like, I'm, I'm a humble person, right? And I'm not going to say I've worked harder than people, but I know how hard I've worked to get those types of gigs yeah. over other people, right? Yeah. And it wasn't easy. Yeah, it's not easy. And it's been a hell of a fucking journey on the DJ front itself, right? Yeah. But 
it's made me a much more resilient, self-confident, and humble person. That's good. Because I know how competitive it is. It is. It's very competitive. Right? But like, let me ask you this. Yeah. How's your March looking? We're in February now. It's the beginning of February. How, how, how's your March looking? How's my March looking? Yeah, how's your March booking looking? A little busy, but I can make busy. some room. Yeah, no, no, I'm asking. Like, are you booked Are you booked all the way? Because I'm, I'm almost filled up myself. Dude, it's cool. So, but yeah, you, yeah, but you yeah, see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are seeing this now. Like, it's February. It's the beginning of February. And we're booked And we're March. really booked March. All it's, the way up damn there. It was never like that. And it right? was never... It, it had... Bro, I don't know how I got so cutthroat, but like... If you waited until like the middle of, I used to remember people used to wait till the middle of the month to book the next month. Like, no, you got to start booking. Like, so when, when March first hits, trust too. when March first hits, I'm already booking April, and I should have my schedule done. Yo, it's true. Like, and, and that's you, just what it is. Because you, you don't, you crush it with the monthly schedules too, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to you fucking Avi sick. Luca, yeah, got, it's unbelievable, man. You got like, to, bro. You got to. I I think DJing is sport. It is. You got to practice yeah. off hours, right? Yeah. When it's game time, you got to work hard. Yeah. You got to win the fucking game, right? Yeah, you got to win the. You got to win the game. The bar manager is the ref. You got to fucking get <laughs> you to know the ref. <laughs> right. You got to man. The first, the first down ref is the waitresses <laughs> that bring me drinks. <laughs> Right? Hey, you got security at the door, man. Yeah, security at the door, man. That's, you know, it's a water boys that everyone yeah, wants to say, right? It is, man. That's it is. true. But I, I mean, and I just want to shout out DJ Firm and Music Trust because yeah. they do so much for the city, right? They do. And I think a lot of people that go to these venues don't understand what goes on behind the scenes. There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, dude, and um, a lot of politics, um, a lot of just chasing yeah. money down, like yeah. half. Bro, half the shit, like, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to chase your shit down. It like, sucks. You, it sucks. You got to chase people down for your checks sometimes, dude. And with, like, a company like Music Trust is and, and DJ Firm is always good because mm-hmm. I, it's one less thing I have to do. If I, DJ, if, I, if I DJ, yeah, it's a check in the fucking mail. If I DJ at uh, Fremont, yep. I sit back, I get a check a week or two later, yep. cool, don't have to worry about it. I forget but, about it. Yeah, and, you forget it. You like, oh, it's like it's like it's like a present, like a Christmas <laughs> present. It's like I got a check today. Yeah. All right, how much is this for? Oh shit! Oh, this is great. Right, happy birthday to me. It's yeah, my birthday. How many get? What is this for? But oh. then when you got to chase down like a fucking two hundred fifty dollar check. It's like it's just the worst shit ever. Cause like, you know, sometimes people don't want to cut checks. They take the time cutting checks. It's just so you appreciate the little things that those guys do do. It's professionalism, like, yeah. gate to gate, right? Yeah. And, and that's why, and, and you answered my question, right? Like, why is it important for the music scene here, for the DJs and also the patrons? Because if the DJs are happy and they're getting paid, we're going to fucking show that, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. I, I'm so passionate about that. But yeah, you were talking a lot, and I know you went through a a, um, a, a weight loss period, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that, what was that like for you, like, while you're doing everything, because... It's hard, bro. In a nightlife industry, right? Like, to eat healthy and exercise? I've battled with weight uh, issues my, like, damn near my whole life, bro. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, Do you look great? Well, I'm I'm still, so... Well, you look fucking good. Well, so, I don't know if you ever seen my old pictures, but, like... I saw some on Instagram today. So, like, I have, like, really old pictures where, like, I'm just, like, super big. Yeah. And like just super, like I was 100 pounds heavier. Yeah. Um, but it's something I've always battled. And even now, like, you know, I did um, the Upside Down uh, Smile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I love that and, interview. Yeah, and it was a good interview. But since then, like, you know, like, like you know, just with anything, like I have my ups and my downs. Yeah. 
and uh, with my wife being pregnant, you know, it's really fucking hard to eat healthy. And I'm not putting it on her because it's my it's my decision too. But it's like, yeah, I can eat this salad or I can just get portillos with you. you yeah, because that's what she <laughs> wants. You know, it's like okay, well, this is this is right there. It's right, just, I'll just have a, you know. So it's one yeah. of those things where like, it's for from I I know in my head. That I'm always gonna have that battle. Yeah. No matter what, I'm always I, I'm not blessed with like those good genes where I can eat like like three burgers from Five Guys and a shake and then and not gain any weight. Right. I do that God. and then I'm up ten pounds. Yeah. A week later, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like one of those things where I know that I'm always gonna have that battle mm-hmm. and I can acknowledge it. And the only thing I can do is just always focus on working on myself. Absolutely. You know, always getting in the gyms, trying to stay active. And I'm never gonna be as skinny as you, but like you know, <laughs> Dude, I'm just a little guy. That's the only reason but, I'm skinny. But yeah, but I'm never gonna be as skinny as you, and I can accept that, and I can understand yeah. it, and I can, I can you know still know that I have value, even though I'm a bigger guy. You know? Absolutely. I mean, my my question to you is, what did you learn from that aside from necessarily like health aspect, right? Like, so what, what did you learn mentally about mentally, yourself? Mentally, it was it was uh, it was a journey, dude. I did like a liquid diet. Shit. And it was like it was like crazy. Did you really? I did a liquid diet Fuck. and like I never felt like I was gonna die until <laughs> like did a liquid diet. But like <laughs> but when you do that though, like it clears your head. I don't know. Like the more the every other day, like I feel like I need to become a vegetarian. Do you eat meat? I feel like I need to become a vegetarian. I try and actively not eat meat. Like, unless it's, like, a steakhouse or something like that. Yeah. Like, I'll choose a, just a non-meat option. I think the concept has changed of vegetarian a lot. It's like, yeah. no, I don't eat meat. It's like, no, a lot of things just don't already have meat. We just add meat we to it. We add meat to it, yeah. Right. For sure. Like, a salad or something like that. But even outside, like, I just thought vegetarian was just salad. But, like, there's other vegetarian options Dude. now. For sure. Lots. Lots. Even and Burger King has a fucking the whole was it the burger the, the impossible, impossible burger yeah. yeah beyond meat a lot yeah, of things yeah a lot of that shit man and it's just it's it's making it easier to become a vegetarian nowadays mm-hmm. and um I think and it's the first time I've actually said this out loud but yeah. I think I might have to start heading that route you think I think so man um, good for you man. Just because of the stuff they're doing to the meat is kind of insane. I, don't uh, know. Hey, I told you I work in logistics, bro. I'm yeah. not even gonna tell you. Yeah, I don't now, even know. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I work in a lot. I work with a lot of meat customers. Oh, man. they just throw it in the back of a like, fucking truck and put a, like oh, some dry ice in there and move God, it. Bro, it's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's something that everybody knows, right? And now there's all these documentaries coming out about it. Yeah, and so and many different aspects. What the health and all that other it's shit? Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's no beating around the bush. But I do see health on a global front, especially in our generation, being top of mind. Mm-hmm. Let's get the vegetarian option instead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and people think it's like, oh, it doesn't fill me up. One, motherfuckers ain't drinking enough water. Yeah, that's true. That's the truth. Anytime I hear someone say, I'm still hungry, I'm like, did you drink any water? Bro, I'm going to tell you something. How I lost a lot of that weight, because I lost like a massive amount of weight in like, I don't know, like, like, like six months. Yeah. I drank like a fucking, th- like, was it three <laughs> liters of water every fucking day? Yeah. Every Walk day. around with the fucking jug. Like that. That? Yeah. Bro, I have this fucking huge jug at the house. <laughs> Like it's it's ma- well, I'm gonna take a picture and send it to you. It's a massive fucking jug. Jesus. And I would drink. I, my goal was to drink this whole jug. It was three liters. Just drink it. Holy shit. Just drink it's it every day. A lot day. of water. It was a lot. I, I kind of got away from it now, but like I got to get back on and do it. Like I I know what I got to do to lose like the weight again. But like I said, it's with the kids coming now. It's I'm gonna get back on it, man. Good. But, Good. It's, it's one of those things where, but it's hard though because I stopped drinking too. Yeah. And in an industry like Chicago it's nightlife. Crazy. 
It's impossible. We're drinking right now, you know. Well, cheers, cheers, down, cheers. Yeah. cheers. <laughs> but yeah. alcohol is a hard poison to give up. It is it poison. Is. But it's a hard poison to give up. Yeah. You know, especially like I would go out and say, "I'm not drinking." Well, why aren't you drinking? Right. Just, uh, that that question. Why aren't you drinking? Well, why? Why? Well, you can't take one shot with me. Yeah, no. One shot. What's it gonna do? And it's hard, dude. It's like it's hard to tell people no, and then they're so persistent sometimes. It's but fucked up. It's it's the industry. It's we're a social in. construct of yeah. the nightlife industry, and it's not. I would say it's 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 not once you're in it, like at sort of our level, right? Like yeah. we're willing to say, I don't want to drink. Like if you said I'm not drinking tonight, I'm not gonna push it down you, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's people that come to see you. Yeah, it's hard. Bro, and I feel bad. One time I was at, just recently at underground, and I just I was driving. I didn't feel like drinking. Yeah. And this dude came up, and he's like, oh, my God, you're killing it. And I'm like, all right, well, thank you, bro. Can yeah. I get you a drink? No, I'm not drinking tonight. Yeah. Cool. Next thing you know, the bartender walks up with a drink. Mm. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Dude down there gave you a drink. I'm like, dude. He's like, yeah, 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 drink it, drink it, take a drink. God damn And I'm like, it. it's no. not a joke. Like, what the fuck is going on here, bro? Like, I don't want to drink tonight. It's not a joke. You know? So, like, now with, I, I try to limit my drink, drink, I try to limit my drinking to, like, at least two times a week. Mm-hmm. And it's usually just weekends, Fridays and Saturdays, or that's Saturdays good. or Sunday. Yeah, I know. And I, that's it. I can't, I can't take the weekday gigs very often, and if I do, it's no drinking at all. Because, yeah. Like, I work the next day, man. I gotta be fucking... Yeah, you got responsibilities. I'm in at 7 a.m., shit. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Shit. 7 a.m. to 4.30, 5, 5 o'clock. I didn't wake up till 11 today. <laughs> I'm tired a lot. <laughs> That's why I do these interviews, because I, I forget that I'm tired. I'm talking. I'm face to face. Get you a Red Bull, bro. But, bro, I mean, it's just... It's, it's the hustle, right? It, yeah. It's, it's been a really good ebb and flow, actually, for me to have the the highs and lows of the music and also the same thing at my day job too right like it's nice to go into my job and be nothing about everything and i think when i was only trying to focus on everything it was like do it all at the same time that's when i felt stressed right but if i took things one at a time and limited my focus that's when i really felt something change there i can't remember where i heard this i I, are you familiar with tony robbins He's a big motivational speaker. Oh, I thought I had heard him before. And there's there's this thing that he always talks about, right? And it's like when you hold up a piece of paper to the sun, right? And it goes to one little spot and it's focused, right? And the fucking sun burns through that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to go one piece of paper at a time. Yeah. Right? And all the energy that comes through that goes fucking right through. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good analogy, actually. Yeah, and I, I love that shit. And I had so many pieces of paper up and post-its and whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? And it was overwhelming for me. And it's been a blessing in disguise, having the change of pace right and it's probably a similar thing with your wife and your family yeah yeah for sure you dude. go to her do you bring work home so to speak no nah, not at all right, like yeah. when, I, when i come home I, I leave everything in the club right you know she asked me how my night is and i kind of give her like a, a vague synopsis like oh it was okay it was whatever. $5, yeah. About yeah but, I, but i'm not gonna go in and be like yeah well this this chick came and stressed <laughs> me out and this manager said this to me and i'm gonna take it out on you and have an attitude yeah. like i leave it all in the club dude like mm-hmm. i don't I don't bring work home, dude. And it's, you know. That's good. It helps keep balance, right? It keeps balance and it keeps a happy marriage for sure. For sure. For sure, man. I know. I'm the same thing with my girlfriend, too. How long you and your girl been together? Man, I took her to junior prom about 10 years ago. Oh, what? Long time. She was my first high school girlfriend. Uh, She's my first real girlfriend. I had a girlfriend in sixth grade on AIM. So that was pretty. (laughs) (laughs) 
A-I-F? Yo. That's throwback right there. Yeah. Oh, I was good. Shit. Yeah, funny story. You've uh, got mail. Uh, yeah, you've got mail, right? I was really good at talking to her on there. This is when I was figuring life out. Yeah. Really, right? I had one of my friends that was a girl that lived in my neighborhood ask her out for me, right? And I was like, boom. She said, yes. I was like, yeah. Walked past me in the hallway. Right, and then we go home. We start typing, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this shit?" But that that was like that time in life. But yeah, my girlfriend has always been incredibly supportive. Of That's me. important. She gets that this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I told her a while ago. I was like, "Look, you don't. Have, I don't expect you to come to my gigs and stuff, right? Like, right. I'd rather it be almost a separate life." And it's it means so much when she does come to a show. Yeah, it's almost like fucking Clay coming out to the city. It's like yeah, it's like it's a oh, big deal. shout out Maya. Maya's coming out tonight, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's so funny because every time it's funny you're talking about the drinking. Anytime she comes out, all my friends are buying drinks for her. They're like Maya, nice. DJ, let's have a good time. Nice, but it's it's incredible stability for me. So. I love her very much, and I, I try ten and... Ten years? You guys have been together for ten years? Yeah, we had a little overlap, you know, in college, and uh, we got back together once we moved to Chicago, and I got, you know, we both Damn. figured things out a little you bit more. You guys left each other and found your way back to each other, huh? Yeah, yes. Damn. It was incredible. So we, Dude, man, we went to college, that's, that's and then major. shit was fucking crazy there, man. I mean, I was in a frat. She was in a sorority. Oh, nice. Yeah, but it was really tough to be together alone, right? And when you're constantly around a bunch of people trying to be in a relationship, a committed relationship... It's hard. It's hard when everybody else around you is single, right? Yeah, it's hard. So I had a lot of negative energy in my life, and once I got all that out... But you recognize that. That's dope. I recognize that hard, and I've admitted mistakes, and... How old are you? 27. 27, okay. Yeah. I was 28 by the time I got married. Yeah. Oh, we're on the path. I guess there's the official announcement, right? I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same page there. Yeah, though, I was gonna but... say you you have to be close on that pace, dude. Like that's that's crazy. That's, that's a long time. To well, your somebody. wife, she's she's a nurse, right? She's, she's got a her nurse. Own thing she's going a registered on. nurse. She has her own thing going on. But I met her in college as well. Yeah. And uh, we were together five years before she started looking at me. It was like so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. (laughs) Like, what's really good? I guess I, I guess I like to say we cut it in half because. Yeah, there you go. The person you are in high school is really the shell of who you are when you grow up, right? Oh, absolutely. Because I'm still the little Matt Sherman that. But what's crazy? You guys left and found each other way back to each other. That's not. It's not really easy to do. You don't really. You don't really see that. Like you see that in like Jennifer like. Jennifer Lopez movies or some shit like that. It's though. a Jennifer like, Lopez movie. Yeah, it's like yeah, some it's crazy Gen- shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Good movie. How <laughs> <laughs> to Lose that's, a Guy? That's what we're doing, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm just kidding. I'm don't just do, kidding. Don't do that. Man. But it's, it's great, like, and in, in to, like, round it out, like, with committed relationships, whether it be a good friend or roommate or a girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife, when you're both independently growing and doing your own thing, you can grow together, right? Like, yeah. I listen to all these different types of conversations and podcasts and motivational speakers, right? And they talk a lot about relationships. Yeah. And the number one thing is when one person's growing and the other one's not, that's when you get off balance, right? Mm-hmm. So she's incredibly smart and driven. She's in online graduate school right now. She works fucking longer hours than me. Oh, wow. And she's very, very smart. And, you know, I'm doing my own thing with the day job and the podcast and music. And when we're together, it's like, so much more special because yeah it means more yeah so how does she handle you DJing like cause it takes I always tell people yeah it takes a certain type of woman patience to, to deal with a DJ cause we're in the nightlife and we're around girls that are looking they're, they're trying to look their absolute best yeah, at all times yeah for sure 
you know for sure like, this is what it is like the yeah. girls step out they're going to try to put on the best dress yeah they're going to put on the spanks and they're going to yeah. put on the fake booties yeah, or yeah, whatever. yeah. They're gonna, whatever they're going to put on yeah the fake hair and they're going to go out and right. so we're around that all the time so how does she deal with that because i know my wife she it took it didn't take her a while but like you know every girl i feel like has that insecurity like okay well the DJ, you know, you hear stories, oh, your DJ's hooking up with these random chicks or right. whatever. Sure. I mean, and that's what they hear, right? That's what they hear. And how many, we know a lot of DJs that have had girlfriends, they break up for those specific reasons. I can yeah. fucking count 50 yeah. on my, every DJ same, I know, right? Same, same, It's a level of trust, and I know even when the temptation is there, right, these girls come up to you, they're drunk, whatever, you're the DJ, cool, whatever. I know that... I'm going home to someone who truly loves me there you go. And when I'm she, not yeah. the cool guy at the club. Right. When I'm the fucking hungover or sick or my back hurts or some yeah. shit like that, right? So it's it's a certain level of trust that we've developed over the years. And now it's the strongest it's ever been because... That's dope. It's as simple as... I don't even know how to finish the sentence there. It's, it's as simple as trust. Yeah, yeah that's dope. She trusts you. That's good. That's yeah. important. That's important, man. Yeah. I know guys that, that still can't really get it right to this day with their girls because there's no trust there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it, 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 it is. Dude, self-trust. You got to trust yourself. Yeah. If you can't look in the mirror and hold yourself accountable for your actions, it's going to be a long fucking life, yeah. man. Yeah. I still, like I said, I still get people that hit me up all the time like, yo, how do you... You know, like Kanye said, how do you stay faithful in a room full of hoes? I don't know if you remember that line, but like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, man, it's because it's, they're hoes. They're hoes, bro. That's why. Like, you know, <laughs> STDs are real, man. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. STDs are fucking. Uh, it's a real thing in Chicago, man. Like, That's shit. True. I guess. I guess. I don't. I, I've never done it for the girls. I've done it because I love the music. Same, and that's that's that's. I key. think a lot of people get into it because they think they want to be cool. They can they'll be cool. They'll party for free. There'll be lots of chicks. They can yeah stay up late. You know yeah. I, like the the friends that I have in the music industry, like yourself. Like I love the job. I love the profession because I'm with people who love it too. Mm-hmm. People f- have fallen out of my life because. I've met other people who I have a deeper connection with yeah. in the music industry. Mm. And that's just part of life. That's something that I've learned from growing up is meeting people and realizing that, okay, friends that I grew up with or that I had from college or people in my fraternity or people in college and classes, right? Like they don't love music like I love music and that's my life. Yeah, that's dope. Right? And, that's, and I don't want to compromise or make time for people that don't want to do the same for me, right? It's like some sort of expectation when I'm trying to do the best for me, mm-hmm. no matter what. And people yeah. who want to fucking get on my bus, man, I got a ticket for you, but... Yeah, that's dope. That's a good way. Yeah, bro, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're 100% right, bro. It's 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 just something that I learn more about myself every single day. Is like I feel like I learned, that less, I learned that lesson a long time ago, which yeah. is why I don't keep a lot of people around me. I keep a very small, tight niche circle like, Yo, a very, it's, so like it's so small bro. like it's like small small you know it's like it's like <laughs> small, small. small. What it's, small. In there? it's like you know small small yeah for but, sure. I mean, but I mean but I love everybody and I fuck with everybody but yeah. like the people like I, the circle like I, people like I confide into yeah. or like I ask for like honest opinion and feedback like yeah. hey how's this look if I post this or how like it's very small yeah it's like less than like people like I can count on my hands man, less Travis Scott says it best always keep your circle tight yeah absolutely man 
What else you got on that page, man? I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what else you got. I, I, Dude, I, you got like 10 things on there, bro. bro <laughs> Holy it's, shit. It's a fucking interview, Evan. Yeah. Come on, baby. I got a question I want to ask yeah, you, let's, man. let's get it. With all your experience in the game, right, whether it be the electronic music industry, music industry and as, as a whole, DJing, the things you've seen, what's been the biggest change in the past 10 years, right? It's 2020 now. And what do you think is to come? The biggest change with like music, honestly, is the access to it. Number one, yeah. Um, and number, cause there's just, like a ton of record pools now, dude. There's like so many record pools out there now. It's like it blows my fucking mind. There's so many <laughs> ways to get music now. High quality records. High pools. quality records, like high quality shit. Um, it just blows my mind. But like in the, in the club industry in Chicago, yeah. I kind of touched on it earlier. But like when I when I when I got here, it was just EDM. Like everything was like 128 BPM. That was and the higher. boom. 2011, that was boom. 2013. Fucking pressure. Uh, you know all all these fucking EDM songs. Progressive House was just 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 huge. Huge. And you couldn't go in and play any open format. It had to be house. A mashup. It had to be a mashup. <laughs> it had to be like house and like yeah, it, had, it just had to be house, dude. And, um, People were fucking raging. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It was a lot of Molly went around back then. A lot of pills. A lot of drugs, man. So true. Um, but it was just, it was just like it was just a, a pure rage fest back then. And like, I remember, I remember the day uh, it changed. I was playing in a place called Parliament, which is like bounce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Parliament back in the day. Yeah, of course. And I remember the day um, the GM he went down to Vegas. He went over to Vegas, and he came back, and he literally, because he, he didn't want hip-hop at all. Mm. Like, you played a hip-hop song, and he was coming down on you. Jesus. It was, a, it was just crazy. And I remember he went to Vegas, and he came back, and he's like, yo, we got to start playing more hip-hop in the clubs. Oh, They're only playing hip-hop in Vegas. That's the new thing. Every, Dreyas and all, and all these other places are popping up. They're playing hip-hop. Jewel. All these EDM DJs are switching to hip hop, so at that point it was kind of cool to kind of play, start playing hip hop in the club. That was more your style. No, it wasn't more my style. I mean, it's from I was familiar with it. Ready to switch it up. But like I, but like for me, like I really don't have a style like a genre like music I really like to play in the club. Like I like to play everything. Right. If I can go into like a night and play a little bit of house EDM. Uh, hip hop, trap, mm -hmm. like 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 uh, Jersey Club, like all that shit. Like if I can play a little bit of that, I had a great night. It's a phenomenal night. <laughs> but if I go in and like the fucking NBA players are there and they're like, "Yo, hip hop for the next three hours," I'm miserable, dude. I'm Jesus. like, "Fuck, yeah, man." Yeah. And I can do it. And I can do a good job at it. It's just like, "Fuck, man." Or I get like some European guy coming in and he wants to hear nothing but like throwback house music for like five hours, but all the girls want to hear like some girly shit. Yeah. And it's just like. <sighs> in between a rock and a hard place. You know, it's, it's just what it is. Yeah. Um, but like with the music trans like progressing, it was just dope because I remember when it, it, we hit, we came out the EDM phase and we went to like this hip hop phase in an open format phase. And I was even talking with Gordo and Gordo looked at me and goes, yeah, baby. Open format is back. Where he's like, he looked at me, he goes, "We're back, bitch, we're back." Because we didn't have to, we didn't have to force ourselves to play like so much house music. It was right. like, it was like we learned and we were good at playing house music, but we were like, you know, we wanted to open it up. We wanted to be open format DJs, play everything. Yeah. And I remember he's like, "Yeah, we're back, bitch." Like open <laughs> format is back, <laughs> and like and then after that we, we left open format now to the today and yeah. moving forward, and we're more like really hip hop. Hip hop is like dominating 
the fucking top 40 charts. So you look right now right. at the top 40, top 10 songs, oh, yeah. I'm sure six of them will be hip-hop. Guarantee you. For sure. Guarantee you, bro. And it's like, hip-hop is a new pop music. Um, and that's, that's fine. You know, I get it. It's just, you know... I, it's it's whatever, man. It's you know I'm 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 still gonna ride the wave. So if hip hop's what it is, yeah. I'll play the hip hop and mm-hmm. mix in what I can. Um, I still like house music, dude. Like I still like throwing in like, I have a whole folder in my 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 Serato, mm-hmm. and it's called cocaine. And the reason why I call it cocaine, <laughs> the reason why I call it cocaine, is because it's the music I picture people would listen to, <laughs> late night. 4 a.m. dancing in the club off of cocaine. That's it's a just, vibe. It's just it's, it's a vibe. It's yeah. a cocaine vibe. Just this house music, that hard driving, like Fisher, like that, like yeah. like that, that dum dum dum, like yeah, that yeah, deep, yeah. that hard bass, that driving bass, bro. It's just I have a whole folder just dedicated, <laughs> and it's just called cocaine with snowflakes next to it, dude. And like I love getting into that bag because like yeah. I'm like yo, I'm playing some shit. There's some I got. I'll show you this. There's some I really love dope shit. That. I showed him Mr. Shaw. He's like, yo, you got some shit, man. Like, <laughs> this is a good folder. Like, late night, just house vibes, bro. Just, it's dope. And I love getting into, like, that type of shit. Like, it's cool to play the hip-hop and yeah. play all this shit. But, like, right. I can play a little bit of everything. It's a yeah. great fucking night, dude. For so, sure. But, like, that progression, going back to the quick, that progression, yeah. that's just how it is now. Like, that's the biggest change I've seen. Everything else is still the same shit. It's still bottle service. There's still sparkles going out. There's still bottle shows where people want to hear fucking Mario, and then they dress up as Mario and Luigi, and they bring the <laughs> bottle out. Still the same bullshit, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. Still the same shit. It's just the music's changed a little bit, you know. We're right. just, and I'm sure it'll go back to house. Like it kind of, we had a little bit of a house run with Fisher, and and like that was like the main track to drop at like midnight or whatever. Right. You know, it was like okay, we're dropping house music again. I just, I was happy. Right. We were dropping house music again, like prime time. Club is full. Right. We don't have to drop, you know, I don't know, whatever hip hop song it is or whatever Ariana Grande song is hot yeah, right yeah. now. Like we can still play. And then Fisher had like. With, I'm losing it. Three words in the whole song, you know, <laughs> like I'm losing it. That's it. It was those three words in the fucking song, and it was just, it was just, it just had everybody going crazy. It went crazy, and I was happy. But like, I mean, house kind of, it has to get back there, dude. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for like the house to like take over, and we're having a house song, like like Calvin Harris, like top, top five. That really is yeah. like the hit. Like Cal- Calvin Harris was like top of the charts for how long? Long time. A long time. And he Sweet. switched lanes a little bit. He switched. He went to hip hop. Yeah, that was the sound. The Funk Waves album. Yeah, the Funk. Dope, it, was a, it was a fire album. Yeah. But like, it was way different than the shit he was putting out before because he oh, realized yeah. the climate change. Like, hey, he nobody's it. really doing housey shit no more. Let's switch it up a little bit. And yeah. He went back to uh, doing that. Now um, he switched it up too again. Yeah, yeah, he's back in the house. He's back in the house. It goes full circle. I, I think I agree with you wholeheartedly, right? Like, yeah. I wasn't DJing necessarily in, in 2011 and 2012 and 2013. But I know when I was at college, you know, yeah. Avicii came out with Levels in 2011, Dude, Avicii bro. was huge. Changed the game. Levels was huge. Animals was huge. Animals and Levels was huge, bro. Popped this bubble that was going on since, like, 2008 with, like, Tiesto and stuff, yeah. too. And then we started to get words involved, right? And then there was this just boom. Yeah. Nothing short of a fucking Big Bang, man. Yeah. And it was really cool for me to see because I actually was introduced to electronic music in maybe ninth grade or something like that. Nice. And I actually start. I listened to Dead Mouse first. So I listened to this track named Brazil, right? This is like a seven-minute track. My friend showed me this, and I was like, I can't believe I liked it because it was so long, right? It was, so I was long, listening yeah. Three-minute shit, right? Yeah. And my, I was raised listening to Bruce Springsteen and Journey and shit, yeah, and this was dude. so left field for me. I was like, bang, this is what it's all fucking about. 
right? And then it started transitioning, getting bigger and bigger, and I loved it so much, and I started to think, okay, I want to DJ myself. I want to make this track go into this track. Mm-hmm. And then these this whole wave happened with uh, Flostradamus, that Floss. original Don remix, right? Oh, amazing. Yep, and then Latch Disclosure. Fire. Right? Game changer. So it's still this kind of like up, down, up, down, up, down, but still always getting bigger. And you know what was always underneath? was house music. Always yeah. going like this, right? Mm-hmm. You look at like Google Analytics of house music, it's always like this, mm-hmm. right? You look at everything else, boom. Up, down, up, up down, down, up, up down. down yeah. And I think that we're coming across an axis right now with vocal-driven music. Vocal-driven music is always like this, It's right? always People want words. They want something they yeah, can they sing want along to, sing right? Along to, for sure. Now... Our generations are sick of jumping or headbanging, and they want to dance. Mm-hmm. And that's house music. That's mm-hmm. 122 ppm to 126 ppm, right? Mm-hmm. I don't need to jump. I'm still a little older, but I want to go out. Mm-hmm. But I can't fucking sweat for yeah. four hours, you Everybody know? Everybody fucking jump. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you, you can that, right? mix it in, right? Yeah. But I, I do see, and even now when I play, I'm able to take chances on house drops with mashed up current pop rap or whatever it might be yeah like in the music trust mix that i did yeah yeah it was a good i'll mix. throw those in not like i won't play a whole mix like that right like that was pretty much tech house but i'll throw those in here and there to kind of test the climate you got to you got to you got to that's that's and that's 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 a uh, veteran dj thinking right there yeah because if i'm playing a spot and like okay let's say dj before me is playing like a lot of open format mm-hmm. i'm gonna come in and one of the first things I I don't know about you, but one of the first mm-hmm. I, first things I always usually do when during my sets is um, I try to play a little bit of everything and see what works. Yeah. So I'll play like <laughs> your hip hop. I'll play the cheesy shit, and I'll go from that to like. So it's it, so my, beginning of my sets always sound kind of weird because I'm just like throwing shit out there real quick sure. to see what works and to see who's in front of me. Yep. That's a veteran trick. You yep. see who's in front of you. Yep. And if I drop a house track and nobody's fucking dancing, okay, let me. Get out this house track real quick, and I'll yeah. just go to hip hop. Okay, yeah. all right, hip hop's not working. Let me go to top forty. Okay, let's go to sing along. Okay, let's go to throwbacks. Okay, and then I just try to do shit like that to kind of see who's in front of me. But that's mm-hmm. like an old school trick, to right? Me. You try to figure out who's in front of you, and then whoever screams the loudest, mm-hmm. I'm catering to you. You know, I love that. So if I play house and I see house people going crazy, I'm like, okay. 10 minutes of house music, let's go. I got it for you. You know, I give you the best 10 minutes of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like hip-hop, yo, 10 minutes of hip-hop, I give you the best 10, 15 minutes of hip-hop. I and love that. To, and, and if I switch it up and it, it still works, cool. If it doesn't, I go back to what I'm do- I was doing before. But you got to, like, that reading the crowd is so important. It's almost like you can't. You can't teach that. It's just experience. You're trying to find, and, every, and everybody's different. I don't like. I said I don't know what yeah. you do, but like that's why I do. I go and I literally just I throw. It's like literally closing, like turn off the lights and throwing shit and seeing what sticks. For sure. No, yeah. absolutely. I feel like you're living in a house with a hundred people and everybody likes the temperature a little bit different, yeah. right? So you're yeah. trying to find. All right, this person likes it really fucking cold. Well, this person makes it really fucking hot. Well, this person likes it in the middle. That's well, a great what's analogy. the fucking temperature that y'all like? Yeah. Let's go with sixty-eight motherfucking degrees. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's a, the sweet spot, and, and, right? and that's a, that's usually how it works, bro. Yeah. One hundred percent. I I mean, you just gave me a great piece of advice there, so I'm gonna yeah. definitely start doing that. That's yeah. that's that's and, advice and like to I all said, the DJs out there. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, and you don't have to like you can. I just like maybe one or two songs. In each genre or each whatever, and I'll try to see. And like, and the, the key is to really fucking watch. Yeah. See, and like you said, like you, like you said, you you find a group of people, and then you try to get them to dance, or yeah. you try to find somebody, and it's just that's how you do it. Yeah. And like you know, like for instance, I played at Fremont, 
and there was a, a huge Indian group of people that walked in, mm-hmm. and everybody else was kind of dancing a little bit, but then these Indian people were going crazy to everything I was playing, and I was like, okay. I'm playing for you. Okay, so I started focusing on them, yep. and then I tried to keep them dancing, and um, and then they, they asked for like some uh, like Punjabi music. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, Punjabi, yeah. Punjabi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, I have the, the Where the Boys or whatever. Yeah. But I had, like, I know Sanu. Yep. And yes. I have a few tracks. Yeah. And like, I would drop them, and everybody else, like, in the club was kind of like, didn't know what was going on. And then these motherfuckers went nuts. <laughs> like, they're just. Oh shit! They're jumping on stage on Fremont and oh, just jumping and shit. taking pictures and videos and yeah. high fiving each other. And then because of their energy, everybody else kind of got into it. They right. didn't know what the song was. They right. Just, the beat was dope. I'm not gonna play no crazy shit, but I knew the right. beat was like in line with what everything else I was playing. Mm-hmm. And just the words were in the instruments were a little bit different. Sure. But like, but yo, they went crazy, dude. God. And you know, it's just, it's one of those things where you just find that group and you make them dance. And then okay, they're, 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 you're cool, and I'm gonna try to get this table to get up and move. Mm-hmm. What what am I gonna have to play to get this chick to jump out of her seat and jump yeah. on that chair? Yep. You know what do I have to do? Okay. Yep. And that's yo, dude, it's a challenge sometimes. But like I, I enjoy doing shit like that. Right? It is a challenge. Like I, I enjoy it. That's like I live for that. That's what DJing is for me. Like that's what keeps you coming back. Keeps me coming back to the challenge. Yeah. Like okay, you motherfucker, you can sit there with a straight face and be <laughs> on your phone and be twisted and mad, but. By the end of the night, I'm going to be your favorite DJ. Yeah, you're going to smile. The, you're going to smile. Yeah, I live oh, for that, dude. Oh, man. That's so fucking... I, I fucking live for that shit. That's sweet, man. That's genuine. For real. Yeah. You're doing a service to the fucking community, bro. I'm trying, dude. What's I'm been trying. the biggest obstacle you've ever come and, and how did you get through it? The biggest obstacle I've ever had to overcome... Whether it be personal or professional. Um... Uh, I told you I got questions. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I guess like, as far as obstacles, I feel like the weight thing was a really big obstacle for me, mm-hmm. um, and just really accepting myself, because um, I I I always knew I was a good DJ. I always knew I was dope. I always knew I was like I had something different than to offer them. These other guys weren't doing, but I wasn't given the opportunity. And so I always thought if I always lost weight, if it was my attitude, if it was like the way I looked, yeah. you know, I always pinned it against that. And of course, it's like a sick cycle, right? Because you're like, you want to lose weight, but then like you get depressed and then you eat because you are depressed right. and you're gaining weight. So it's just like a sick cycle. So I was, I was blaming myself for a very long time. Like I'm not getting these gigs because nobody likes me because I'm a big guy. Yeah, I'm shit. a fat dude. Nobody, and then I got it. I, you know, and I like, you know, I always understood the, the business aspect, right? Because there's two types of DJs. Like there's like the DJ music and there's the, the business side. Yeah. And as a club, I understood like if I'm a bigger guy and they put like a 400 something pound guy in the DJ booth and everybody's staring at him. Yeah. It's not really the best look for that particular venue, sure. no matter what the fuck I'm playing. Yeah. But like, I feel like because people gave me a shot and like I broke that barrier, I knew I was good enough mm-hmm. as a 400 pound obese kid to DJ at these spots where I wasn't really supposed to walk, be able to walk in. Right. They were, I wasn't supposed to be in these clubs, dude. Right. I'm DJing like, like a lot of these white, pristine, like high volume, high bottle service clubs. Right. And I'm a 400 pound black dude like walking in. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know? And so I always thought I wasn't getting those opportunities. But once I figured out I was good enough, mm-hmm. I was able to realize I could lose the weight and and the change and knew that I was, I guess that was my biggest opportunity, losing the weight and knowing that I was always going to be good enough. Like it didn't matter how I looked or what my weight size was. Even though it does make a difference in some of these superficial clubs, these really superficial clubs for sure. Yeah. But like, yeah, it didn't matter, dude. Like I knew like, that was the biggest thing, overcoming that. Darren, that's absolutely positively that's, that's, one of the best responses yeah. I've gotten, man. That's, that's deep and I appreciate yeah. you sharing that with me. Yeah, man. I appreciate mean, it. That is that's real talk, true man. story of overcoming an obstacle, right? That's a self yeah. obstacle. That's not like oh, I had I had a tough gig and I tried to get uh-huh. through it. You I get had... you have tough gigs every 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 uh, every now and then, bro. Those tough gigs come and go. You know. Do you feel better than you've ever felt these days. I feel really good, man. I yeah. feel good. I feel like I could feel better. Like I feel like if I would and honestly, this is just me talking, but if I could lose like another hundred pounds. I feel like, dude, fuck, yeah, be dude, fucking I, fit, baby. Yeah, I want to be. Yeah, dude, I want to get there. Like my goal was like another hundred, um, but like I said, it's not going to be easy, man. It's it's never easy. But like anything I've ever done in life has never been easy. You yeah. know? Yep. Even moving to Chicago, driving a how like two and a half hours to get here every fucking weekend wasn't easy. No. Nope. But I did it. I can do this, man. I so. love that, man. So yeah, good for you. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Well, bro. what's going on in twenty twenty for heavy? Twenty twenty, man, it's just branding, branding, branding. Uh, <laughs> I've started my own podcast as well. Yeah, let's hear um, about it. So the absolutely no request podcast is me, uh, uh, Charles Protege, uh, DJ Daily. It's just uh, three of us, or the three of us, just uh, just talking mm-hmm. uh, about like you know everyday shit. Um, we get into like you know more pop topics and we have a lot of jokes and like i have a really good relationship with like uh protege mm-hmm. and a really good relationship with daily yeah. and like we just bust each other's balls and we're super <laughs> funny and it's just guys sounds hanging fun out. yeah yeah it's the guys hanging out and we just talk shit to each other and i'm like yo we should bottle this up and sell it you know <laughs> and we we came up for a podcast man um it's been going really good the chemistry is really there um and i've i've taken a lot of time and energy and put it towards it and i think Going forward, I want to put a lot more time and energy towards it, mm-hmm. and building that up. Um, of course, it's building my brand and still DJing and and staying relevant. Yeah. You know, at my age, it's like I have to stay relevant. You know. Yeah. And, you know, and it's and it's weird because um, doubling back to being like a bigger dude. The reason why I DJ the way that I do with so much energy mm-hmm. is because I felt like I had to stick out over. The skinnier guys, yeah. the guys that were like didn't have to do much, right? Like the guys, like I don't want to name guys, but the guys that like we see no, we seen those DJs that come in there, they have their headphones on, they don't talk to nobody, they don't show any emotion in the club, they're yeah. just they're playing music and everybody's going nuts, and it's just like you're not doing anything special. Mm. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, right. You're not doing anything special, right? But then like I felt like I had to compete with that, so like I always had to knew that I always knew if I DJ like that, I would never be able to DJ because mm-hmm. I just DJ like him. But if I you're brought, trying to be so different, you know, I had to be so fucking radically different right. and bring so much energy to my sets that I would have to, like I would I would just be able to compete with the guy who's not really doing shit. Yeah, you know, even though he was the bigger name or or whoever. Um, the guy who's not really doing shit was getting all these gigs and, and, and really killing it. And I had to like really elevate my game up to that because I knew here being mediocre here, being a big black DJ, yeah. being mediocre is only going to get me so far. Right. 
and being mediocre here, being like, you know, whoever it is was good was getting them this far. Yeah. So for me, I had to kind of be phenomenal or like really play my ass off. Yeah. Like and to get to here. Yeah. And just to be able to hang with these guys. And like now I play the way that I do because there's like a lot of younger guys, man, on my heels, man. Like I'm getting older. <laughs> And the music's getting a little bit more whacker to me, bro. And it's like, <laughs> and I feel it, bro. Like, I feel it. But, like, um, I, bro, I have to DJ my ass off because there's these young guys. I'll name them, bro. Like, Deox and uh, uh, Shaw. Yeah. You, like, a lot of strategies young. Uh, who else are these younger guys that are really? Uh, Apollo. Um, yeah, Max Yeah, Maximo, bro. Holy shit, dude. Uh, Luca, like all these young yeah. guys, you guys are all killing it, bro. You, bro, these I think guys, they're so fucking good. Bro, they, these guys keep me on my heels, yeah, son. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, every time I go out, I'm like, God, <laughs> I gotta step it up, <laughs> you know? So, like, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's in, in, in like in 10 years from now, five, 10 years from now, these guys will be running the game. Us old, like, Dela and 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 Sai and yeah. me will all be out and we'll all be doing something else, bigger and better. But like these yeah. guys are these guys, you guys are the wave, you know. And we're, For sure. And like and that's why like I like to come here and do shit like this because yeah. I want to usher you guys into this wave, the best way that I can, to bring you guys into like you know this light. You know me. Hopefully, me doing this, people who don't normally watch it will watch it if I post it. You know. Yeah. And same thing with Sunu when I did his shit. I'm like, yeah. yo, hopefully, you know, you guys, you get more light to this. You know, yeah. I want use me and my platform that I built to kind of bring in these younger guys. Even with Maximo, you know, yeah. he's doing his own thing. And strategy brought him in. You know? Yeah. Strategy. Oh. Strategy did everything he could to Absolutely. bring him into the light, and Maximo's running with it. Yeah. He's like taking the ball and running it down the fucking field like so at hundred miles an hour. He's yeah. killing it, bro. Yeah. 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 Um. And the same thing with Apollo. And I did everything I could to help him out. And he he's taking the ball and, and went to the moon, bro. Right. Like, you know, like the sky's the limit for that kid. So it's just, it's just like these young guys keep me on my heels. And it's cool, man. It's cool, man. I'll be the old uncle or whatever, man. And whatever, dude. Like, you know. Yeah. And I'm not even that old. But like I just, I just it's just like, this is a young man's game. It's a young man's game, bro. And I realize it. So that's why I DJ my ass off. That's why I go above and beyond to get the music that I get, to play the way that I play, and to DJ the way that I DJ because mm-hmm. I, I'm not ready to lose, you yeah. know, start losing gigs to a lot yeah. of these young guys, man. I understand. But, like, this is what it is, bro. Like, these guys are good, man. These guys are good and they're, they're the future, bro. I mean, you, you brought up a, a fucking football term again, right? Like, to me, everything you just said, you were the quarterback. Yeah. Everybody else, you're throwing the ball, man. Like you're Trying. the enabler. You're the one who's really getting the job done, and you're creating the plays. Trying to. So yeah. I want to acknowledge you for all you do. Appreciate for real. You, I mean, it's it's not easy to hustle like you do, to manage everything like you do. It's not easy, bro. But you do it because you love to, man. And like you have no choice. You got to pay those bills. Chicago bills ain't no joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Heavy. I learned a lot from you today, man. Oh man, I appreciate it, man. I really I, did. I learned some stuff from you today too, bro. Come you on, got man. me talking, man. Come on, bro. <laughs> you, got, you should be able to turn the corner and go. Oh, I want to ask you something. Yeah, dude. I like that. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, for That's real, bro. Like, I, I, I got so much respect for you. Every time I see you play, whether you know, I mean, just recently you said we connected because you played after me and I stayed and I was like it was one of those things cause like it's funny cause I we never really had that close relationship yet so I didn't I've always felt weird just to the message you say hey why don't you put me on your podcast <laughs> you know so like I was like well, don't, I always said to myself well, I'll see him I'll ask him 
Right. And then when I saw you the first time, I forgot to ask you. Because we were like at Fremont and we were switching over. Yeah, 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 And something happened. I forgot to ask you. But then I saw you at Roof. Yeah. And I was like, I can't let this opportunity go again. Let me just ask him again. Yeah. Let me just, not again, but let me just ask him now. And yeah. I was just like, hey, what's up with that podcast, man? <laughs> I said, what can I be against? You're like, oh, well, yeah, bro. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, yeah, let's make it happen. Bro, you've been on the list, bro. I really mean yeah. that. Uh, again, like, keep doing your thing. You're raising the uh, fucking yeah. bar. Working hey, man. Hard. Keep doing your thing, man. No, you, I'm no. no you stop. Keep, no, you keep I, doing your thing. Ninety-eight episodes. I'm I'm five episodes, six episodes deep. You are ninety-eight episodes, bro. Good yeah, shit, that's bro. A lot. That's consistency <laughs> to his finest. Don't play that. Don't downplay that shit, bro. All right. I don't doubt you. That. Take that compliment. All man. right. I accept. <laughs> I accept. Good shit, man. But you keep raising the bar, man. Keep working hard. You too, bro. This is such a pleasure, right, man. My fucking Appreciate guy. You. My guy, man. Hell yeah, Abby. Great shit, man.